0: one semester of law school, one semester of criminal justice, two
1: experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's go, go to, to court. court. On this episode, I'll talk about a woman who refused to marry a rapist. And I'll be talking about the biggest fucking idiot I've ever heard of. <laughs> Brandi,
0: don't talk about me like that. Ugh, it sounds a little bit funny and a little bit lighthearted. It's the worst case I've ever
1: covered, I promise you. Oh, oh my God brandy people have enough problems i these know days. i'm sorry it thanks was a lot we sent
0: it in and it is very interesting and
1: it's terrible oh well mine's just a light-hearted case about <laughs> rape <laughs> so good so for everyone who's tuning into this as a mm. little break from <laughs> ooh, Karen- it sucks it does suck but let's let's take a minute Because I know we have a lot of nurses who listen to the podcast. We've um, got some grocery store workers. I'm sure we've got,
0: you know. All the real heroes who are dealing with this stuff. We definitely have an assortment of all of them listening. So thank you for all that you're doing.
1: Yeah. Thank you for anyone whose job is a whole hell of a lot harder because of this. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you to everyone who's staying home when they can. Yeah. Let's all wash our hands. Yeah. Brandy and I, should we tell them? Yeah. We both have cuts on our we hands do. from aggressively Aggressi- washing our hands from so much. Overwashing our hands. We both have sores. I am just like, you know, I no sooner lube up my hands with lotion than I have to wash them again for 20 <laughs> seconds. Which really alarms me. Like, how long was I washing them before? Not feel, even close to 20
0: seconds, I can tell you. Like Yeah, yeah. I
1: I am like sudsed up to my elbows. Yes.
0: Now. You're doing a full surgery,
1: scrub. The irony is Norman and I already lived like we were quarantined. Right. We're yeah, both work from home, have very few friends. <laughs> we are not going out to eat though. We are currently monitoring
0: the uh, six foot separation right yes. now.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Kristen and I are are um, we're at least six feet apart. Hell yeah, we are. Yeah, like I'm gonna get near your nasty butt. <laughs> okay, excuse me. <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> I say it with love. No, our our desks are always as far apart. Yes, but we did just film a video. For the patrons, and we sat way too close in that one. So, and then we we both doused ourselves in hand sanitizer. That's (laughs) right. That's right. And this has all been a plug for the patron. Or the Patreon. Patreon, sorry, which I'm not saying right. If you uh, just have to hear more from us, if you listen to this very sad episode, and you're like, I need to feel worse. We've got more for you on Patreon. <laughs> right. At the $5 level, we've got bonus episodes and you get to get in the Discord to chat with everybody. At the $7 level, you get all that. Plus, you get a sticker with our lovely autographs and you get a monthly video. Uh, Brandy? Tell them what we did this month. Uh, this month we did a... Will our video be out by the time this episode comes out? Call me now for your free
0: tarot reading. I don't know. A <laughs> little <laughs> So if it's not out by the time this episode comes out, it will be out shortly. Yes. And we, we did a, a 90s pop culture quiz. So
1: I think we did quite well. Um... Mm. I'm disappointed in our performance. Okay, yeah. Brandy gets weirdly competitive <laughs> about everything and um we didn't get a hundred percent, which means that we lost. That's right. All the we prize money lose. that was at
0: stake. <laughs> <laughs> we did lose. You know, it's just not a it's not a great week for me. I found out the trivia night is cancelled because of coronavirus and
1: I'm pretty upset about it. Yeah, okay, things things are kind of nuts. Have you been to the grocery store lately? Yeah what's been your experience? Um, Like
0: very busy, busier than Mm. I've ever remembered Mm -hmm. seeing. Like it's like a snowstorm is coming every day.
1: Yeah. And
0: then yeah, out of like essentials. So bread and milk and stuff like that. If you're not getting it in the morning, you're not getting it.
1: Yeah. Um, We went late, really late last night. It really wasn't bad. Mm -hmm. Um, And it seemed like everything was really well stocked. But every now and then you'd be like, Oh, I want eggs. And there's no eggs. Yeah. You know, just like... And potatoes. Potatoes are out, like, everywhere. I don't know what people are doing with their potatoes. Um, we bought a big thing of potatoes. So if you want some, I'll sell them to you for $10 a piece.
0: <laughs> $10 per potato. Did you hear
1: about that guy who bought up all the Purell? Yeah. Did you see what they made him do? Give it all away, yeah. right? Good. Yeah. People... Fuck that guy. Yeah. People are being turds. And also... Sorry, guys. This is a very long intro. Oh, no. Are you going on a tangent? Whole Foods. Oh. Whole Foods. Whole fucking Foods. Super wealthy company owned by Amazon and... Which is owned by Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world. Yes. In case you didn't know. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> they sent an email to their employees letting them know that they could donate sick time to one another. A company that rich... Can afford to do the right thing yes. and let their workers have paid time off. Yes, ma'am. That doesn't come from the bank that they have earned. Correct. These are not normal times. Our normal PTO system is set up for like you have a cold, your kid gets sick, you know, normal stuff. These are not normal times. Correct. So Anyway, Jeff Bezos can kiss my ass. Um, oh, and my cat is climbing all <laughs> over my computer. <laughs> It's a beautiful life. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I had to say that. That's okay. Tangent adjourned. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Are you off your soapbox now? It makes me so mad. Oh, it makes me mad too. Yeah. I think mean, it's terrible. I just feel like... They could very easily do the right thing, pay all of these people to be off, and it would have no impact on them.
1: Yeah. If anything, I would think it would have a positive impact. A PR impact, Because yes. I like to hear... Yeah. Okay, this this business mm-hmm. did right by their employees.
0: Bath and Body Works closed all their stores, paying all of their employees while they're closed. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Hey. Yeah. Good job, Bath and Body I Works. I know. Hmm. They don't have Amazon money. No, they don't. But, huh, and you know what? They could probably be making a decent business now with, like, soaps and stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, all right. I also read that Menards has gotten in trouble for jacking up the price of cleaning supplies. Illegal. So there's lots lots of groups on my shit list. I guess. But also, okay, here's, and I'm sorry, and then I'll wrap it up because this is ridiculous. (laughs) I told you just now, the problem is I've not talked to anybody. Right. Like, I've not had a social outlet, and here you are, so you're getting all of it. I think what's frustrating to me is seeing big businesses with tons of money, not doing the right thing but then like just in my neighborhood you know people sending around really positive emails and stuff and just, yeah. like people you know kind of normal yeah middle class people trying to help each other out <sighs> yeah it shows
0: you how-, how easy it is to do the right thing how everybody could be doing it yeah yes mm. Hmm. Mm. we hope you guys are all out there being safe and
1: staying healthy and yes, Jeff, uh, if you're listening to this, Jeff Bezos, huge fan of the podcast. <laughs> he turned it off now. He's very upset. But he is rethinking um, what Whole Foods is doing. Mm. All right. All right. Should we talk about rape? OK, my case involves rape, too. So this is a oh, rape God episode. Damn too. It.
0: OK, we don't really do trigger warnings. We're a true crime podcast like. Yeah, that is know, the trigger. That warning. is the trigger warning. We do show notes to give you an idea of what it is over. But just so you know, going in. There's terrible rape in my case, and I'm guessing your rape is terrible, too. Oh, no, mine's
1: a really nice, fun one. (laughs) That's a thing, right? Yeah.
0: Like a real light, fluffy rape case. Oh,
1: God. Two bunnies. Kristen. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so first off, big shout-out to an article in the Vintage News by E.L. Hamilton. And also, big shout-out to Wikipedia. Also... I feel like people who haven't listened to Patreon episodes don't know about this disclaimer, so I'm introducing it to you. Excellent international disclaimer. So what that means is, this is an interna- an inter- This is an international case, which means that the vast majority of really detailed articles were probably written in Italian. So I am dealing with that means it took place in Italy. Very good, Brandy. I'm like a detective. <laughs> In so many ways. Mostly just the fedora. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And this tweed cape. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You should really stop smoking when you're pregnant. (laughs) No, so... The thing about the Wikipedia entry that makes me a little nervous is anytime I go on Wikipedia, I like to go check the cited yeah. sources. Um, when I went to go do that, they were all in Italian. Okay. So, you know. Yep. Mm. You didn't learn Italian for this episode? Bubba de boobie. No. <laughs> See, this sound not Italian. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I learned Italian, and here mm, we are. Here we are. Rosetta Stone works. <laughs> Picture it. Sicily. 1963. forever. I am dying. The moment has come. I'm going to say it again. Picture it. Sicily, 1963. <laughs> yes! No, really? For real? It for real? It's so in Sicily? So oh my gosh. And if you guys don't know why we're excited, drop everything and watch the Golden Girls. What are All you doing? All of them. All of them. Except for the episodes where they are like, hey, do you remember that time that that thing happened? Oh, and it the was, flashback episodes, the yeah. filler episodes, when they've run out of budget? Oh, my yeah. God. Not okay. Yeah. I mean, that's probably what we'll have to do when you're pregnant, when you uh, give birth. But, <laughs> that's right. And it'll be fine when we do when it. When we do it, it's fine. When the Golden Girls do it, absolutely not. They're held to a much higher standard. Yes. Which Golden Girl are you, Brandy? Oh, I don't know. Okay. You really don't fit any I don't, of not I really don't. I'm
0: a, I'm a mashup of the Golden Girls. Okay. You're Dorothy.
1: Okay. Okay. I can accept that. Is <laughs> <laughs> Norman Stanley? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're in Alcamo, Sicily, which is 100% how you pronounce it. I'm totally sure. Definitely. Which is a small rural coastline city. Franca Viola is 15 years old, and she's engaged to a 23-year-old Mafia member named Filippo Melodia. Hmm. Okay, it says Mafia member. sounds like maybe his uncle was a bad guy, and he's just some dipshit who's loosely affiliated. Anyway, you get the idea. So they're all set to get married, but, you know, the danger of being engaged to a guy in the Mafia, and you know this well, Brandy, (laughs) is that (laughs) sometimes they get arrested, Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to Filippo. He was arrested for theft, and Franca's father, Bernardo, was like, "Mm, I don't like this guy, Franca, you need to break off the engagement. Mm -hmm. I don't know to what degree she also felt this way, but at any rate, she decided, okay, I'm breaking off the engagement. And all was forgotten. Filippo ended up moving to Germany, and two years later, Franca was engaged to a childhood friend named... Giuseppe Giuseppe oh yeah yeah Giuseppe Giuseppe. yeah Ruisi Uh, uh, sure okay except all was not forgotten and Franca's father had been right to have a bad feeling about Filippo suddenly Filippo came back he wanted to get back with Franca Uh uh-huh but you know she'd moved on she was done so, Filippo was like, you know, okay, cool, I respect your boundaries, and, you know, every woman has a right to reject a guy's advances. You I did any you. of that. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that did not happen. <laughs> he felt entitled to her. Uh-huh. And so, he began stalking her. Oh, good. Yeah, like you do. He threatened her father, he threatened her fiancé. None of which worked, obviously. Yeah. Franco was not interested in him, and the fact that he was being a big creep did not make him magically more appealing. I don't know what weirdos need to hear this right now, right. but, like, <laughs> stalking doesn't work. Yeah. Fast forward to the day after Christmas, 1965. Sicily. I just had to say this. <laughs> It's the middle of the night. That's when Filippo and 12 other men, all armed broke into franca's family home oh my goodness it was terrible they beat up franca's mom they grabbed franca and started dragging her out of the house but her eight-year-old brother mariano was right there and he wanted to stop the whole thing so he grabbed hold of her leg so the men were there and they're like let go of her we're taking her but little mariano refused to let go so they took Franca to the car and basically dragged her brother along, too. Yeah. So they ended up kidnapping both of the oh kids. Oh, my gosh. It was terrifying. The men let Mariano go after a few hours, but they took Franca to a farmhouse outside of town that belonged to Filippo's sister and brother-in-law. And over the next eight days, Filippo raped Franca. Oh. But, you know, Filippo was pretty pleased with himself He had wanted to marry Franca, and she'd said no. So he'd raped her repeatedly. Okay. Well, in those days, in Italy, that meant he'd found himself a bride. Because he wanted to marry her? Because he'd raped her. What? Okay, so here's the deal. A woman had to marry the first man she had sex with, which I hate to call it sex because it's not not sex. She had or the first man who raped her because otherwise she was a dirty slut goblin. Oh, is that a phrase people are saying? I just made it up. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, the bottom line is the bottom line you have to know is in this situation, she was the bad person. Yeah. You know, not him. Wow. Yeah. Okay. No social penalty for being a rapist. So at that time, any woman or girl who lost her virginity outside of marriage, which I also don't like the term lost her virginity, but anyway, there are so many terms I hate. Definitely taken from her. Just, yeah, was considered a woman without honor. So in effect, by raping her, Filippo had made Franca a woman without honor in the eyes of her community, and she'd brought shame on her family. Wow. Yeah. But, see, you look sad right now. And don't worry, I have wonderful news. I don't think you do. Oh, it's it's the solution to this problem. Mm. Okay. As her rapist, he could also be her savior by offering her what was called a rehabilitating marriage. In other words, <laughs> look on your face. In other words, they get married and bada bing, bada boom, Franca and her family get their honor back. Oh, good. So this practice seems to have been more common in rural areas, but it was ingrained in Italian law. Under Italian law at that time, if a rapist and the rape survivor entered into a rehabilitating marriage, the rapist's crime was totally forgotten in the eyes of the law. Wow! It was no longer a crime. Oh, my gosh. Because... At that time, rape was not categorized as a crime against another person. Mm -hmm. It was categorized as a crime against public morality. So once you made things nice and pretty by marrying the woman you've raped, then I guess all is good with the true victims, the general public. Right. This is, I'm sorry, this is... Terrible. Yeah. So... On December 31st, Filippo reached out to Franca's dad, Bernardo. And I obviously don't know exactly what was said, even though I speak Italian fluently now. (laughs) Um, But the gist of it was, I think you know what happened here. Mm -hmm. And yada, yada, yada. Now Franca and I are eloping and we want your blessing. We want you to go along with this. Which Mm -hmm. I don't know why her dad's permission was suddenly so... Right. Yeah, get consent from the dad, but not her So Bernardo obviously had no intention of giving Filippo his blessing. By that point, he was already working with the police, and he just wanted to get his daughter back. So he said what he had to say. He was like, oh, oh, great. Okay, sure, sure. I'm totally fine with you two getting married. God bless. I'll get you guys a toaster. Um, Now that you have my consent, why don't you let her go? And Filippo did. On January 2nd, 1966, Filippo and the other kidnappers released 17-year-old Franca back to her family. Wow. So the family talked. Franca did not want to marry her rapist slash stalker slash kidnapper, obviously. Yeah. And her family supported her decision. Oh, good. This was incredibly brave. They decided right then and there that they were going to fight this rehabilitating marriage. As insane And infuriating as this is, Franca and her family's decision to punish a rapist and kidnapper, rather than reward him with marriage, was viewed very unfavorably in their local community. People in town harassed them. Her father received death threats. People burned down the family's vineyard. They burned down the family's barn. Were there animals inside? Is that what you care about? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I assume there were. Mm. <laughs> there were 12 dogs. Kristen. All of them cute? You stop it. All of them did. Stop it! What is the matter with you? Well, I mean, it, if they burned down a barn, I'm assuming, yeah, animals were hurt. That's sad. Well, this whole thing is sad. Yes, it is. I agree. You seem especially hurt by the animals that we have not confirmed actually died <laughs> i'm not any more hurt for them really it just adds really? another layer because i on can it. see your face i know they can't i can see your <laughs> face adds another layer mm-hmm. kristen mm-hmm. so franca and her family picked up the corpses of the dead dogs
0: <laughs> and-, <laughs> and a mouthful of water <laughs> What if I would have sprayed that all over my computer and I wouldn't have been able to do my case?
1: Worth it. (laughs) Although, that'd be a hell of a way for me to catch coronavirus. I'm sorry, my friend spat directly into my face. We were trying to maintain six feet of distance, but she spat my face. Oh, gosh. Anyway, okay. Franca and her family kept fighting. But it wasn't enough for Franca to just refuse the marriage. Franca and her family wanted justice, so they made the even more shocking decision to look themselves in the mirror and say, (laughs) let's go to court. This woman was brave as hell. No shit. And her family was too. Yeah. By this point, Franca's story was widespread. She became known as one of the first Italian women to refuse to marry her rapist. Wow. Which is, okay, everybody gets it. It's bad, 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 real bad. We've picked up on it. (laughs) Have you? (laughs) Yeah, there's 12 dead dogs, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) And public opinion shifted toward her side. Wow. Yeah, I think once it became more widespread news in all of Italy, people were kind of like, ooh. At trial in December of 1966, the prosecution laid out what happened. Filippo and a gang of dirtbags had kidnapped Franca and they'd terrorized her family, and then Filippo had held her captive for eight days, raping her. But the defense was like, Classic he said, she said. You can't get away with anything anymore. You gotta be so careful. Oh my gosh. Everybody's so sensitive (laughs) these days. (laughs) You know, the problem is PC culture. (laughs) No, so here's what they said really happened. Are you ready for Um, the truth, Brandy? uh Yeah, she made up the rape story to cover up that she'd had sex with him Mm -hmm, out of wedlock. mm -hmm. Wow, you are very bright. Uh I mean, clearly you know that women do this all the time. Oh my gosh. Can we punch all those people in the dick? I mean, I'm assuming dick. Yeah, they all have dicks. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) sure. Okay, here's what really happened. Franca loves Filippo. Mm Mm-hmm. Always has, always will. She was in on the whole thing. Mm -hmm. In fact, he never kidnapped her. She was running away. Don't look away, Brandy. She was running away with him. Uh Uh-huh. She wanted to be with him. Yeah-huh. This is a couple that is deeply in love. The problem is Franka's dad. He's trying to tear them apart. <sighs> so sad. And now he's on trial for rape like mm-hmm. some kind of no. creep, like no. some kind of bad guy, no. when clearly her dad's the bummer. Interestingly, though, when she testified, Franka was crystal clear. She did not love Filippo. She did not want to marry him. She wanted to marry her actual She did fiance. not like green eggs and ham. <laughs> she did not like them, Sam I am. <laughs> wow. Wow. She wanted to marry the man she loved. Yeah. The court? Oh, who they believe. Who'd they believe, Brandy? Who did they believe? Well, I want them to believe Franca. Well, obviously, that's whose side we're on. But who do you think (laughs) the court believes? (laughs) What if I was like, gosh, I really hope they believe the defense. I mean, they they made some really good points. (laughs) Bitches be crazy. (laughs) Bitches be crazy. (laughs) They believed Franco. That's my my prediction. Yeah. Good. Um, So I didn't find, obviously, a ton of stuff on the court stuff. But I think the fact that... They'd gone in, beaten up her mom, you know, like they'd taken the little boy. I I mean, come on. Filippo was sentenced to 11 years in prison. Mm. His friends who'd assisted with the crimes were also brought to justice. Kinda. Mm -hmm. Uh, Five of them were acquitted and seven of them received four-year sentences. Mm. Franca Viola was a trailblazer. But a lot of reporters, including one for The New York Times, wrote articles that were, and I looked this up on newspapers.com, it's infuriating, supportive of her stance, like, okay, yeah, great, don't marry your rapist, that sounds like it would suck, but, oh, boy, I mean, it's great that she wasn't forced to marry her rapist, but who's going to want her now? Oh! Yep, yep. That was the New York Times take in the late 60s. That's terrible. The headline in the New York Times was no admirers call on Cicely's Franca. Oh, my gosh. Which I should mention um, wasn't even true. She stayed engaged this whole time to her fiance. Yeah. So to me, that just sounds like some douchebag. Yeah had a story he wanted to write, Uh and the facts didn't fit, and that didn't really matter. Yeah. So anyway, uh, in conclusion, those concerned trolling reporters can go shit in their own hat and then put (laughs) it back on (laughs) because Franca was still engaged to Giuseppe. (laughs) Like I said, he stood by her this entire time. People had been awful to the two of them about their decision to stay engaged, but Giuseppe said he didn't care. He said he loved Franca. He didn't care what people said and uh then he got a gun and was like come at me if you've got a problem oh mm-hmm
0: giuseppe's not fucking around
1: uh no and i i imagine you wouldn't after all that and so in december of 1968 in the wee hours of the morning to avoid a ton of looky-loos franca viola married the man she wanted to marry very good they had powerful friends on their side. The Italian president, Pope Paul VI, publicly supported their marriage. The president sent them 40 bucks, which I think is like 300 bucks adjusted for inflation. All right. Yeah, nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. The transportation minister gave them a month of free rides on the railway, and the pope met with them in a private session. Wow. Meanwhile, Filippo, and you'll be sad to hear this, was just rotten away in prison. Yeah pretty upset about that i know i i know you were on his side this entire time brandy sometimes bad things happen to good people no. <laughs> on appeal his sentence got reduced to 10 years so he got out of prison in 1976 and two years later he was murdered <laughs> kristen why did you smile when you said I, that i'm so, because i just don't care about this guy <laughs> he raped someone repeatedly yeah and then was like oh because you're awful and you have no honor you have to marry me now ha 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 and it didn't work out for him and then he got murdered yeah i'm not i'm not sad <laughs> it was a mafia style execution oh,
0: stop smiling like that is
1: that rude of oh me oh my gosh <laughs> i'm sorry hang on let's take two electric boogaloo It was a mafia-style execution. Much better tone, thank you. (laughs) And I'm just torn up about it. (laughs) But this isn't the story of one woman standing up to horrific injustice. This case started a conversation that would eventually change Italian law. Wow. Thank fucking God. No kidding. Uh, But it took a while, a very long while. How long's a very long while? In 1981... Woo! It's a hot minute! uh Uh-huh. Wait wait okay hold on. 63 is when this started? Um that's when they got engaged. I believe the rape happened 2 years later in 65. Excellent. 63 is when my dad was born. 81 is when he graduated high school. Oh. So was eight, 18 years would have passed. You know what? I think a lot of people were wondering, like, when when was Brandy's dad born? And <laughs> when did he graduate in high school? So that answers everybody. Stop asking about it, okay? Okay, she finally answered it. <laughs> my point was uh uh-huh. 18 years. Very good. Very good. Fuck off, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> in 1981... Which is Brandy has pointed. Do you want to say it again? No, I think everybody has caught on. (laughs) Italy finally abolished the law that allowed a rapist to get off scot-free as long as he married the rape survivor. Very good. And then... a moment too soon. Well, here's another one that didn't happen a moment too soon. In 1996, rape was finally categorized as a crime against another person and it was no longer a crime against 96? public 96 yeah
0: okay. i don't even know what my dad was doing in 96 <laughs> <laughs> we would have been in 5th grade we would have been 10 i would have been
1: 10 okay we we're watching the olympics <laughs> always it's the year of the Atlanta Olympics so that was the year that your dad watched the Atlanta Olympics oh right. my god everybody get that down on your calendars <laughs> and what is your dad doing today today right this minute he's at work okay <laughs> I saw him this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Franca and Giuseppe went on to have two children, or is it three? Depends on what source you look mm-hmm. at. And to this day, they live in Alcamo. Very good. Looking back on the experience, Franca has said, It was not a courageous gesture. I only did what I felt I had to do, as any other girl would do today. I listened to my heart. Hmm. And that's the story of a woman who refused to marry her rapist. I think that's amazing because it was so courageous for her to not think that that's what that was. Yeah, it it was courageous for everyone. I mean, courageous for her and good on her parents for not being old school weirdos who were like, sorry, this is what happens now. I just can't believe that the 60s weren't that long ago. No. And that was the expectation yeah. that you had to marry a rapist? Yeah. Because when my dad was born. Wow. <laughs> my God. What's your dad's favorite color? I think we all want to know that. Um, I'd have to guess. Oh, don't, please do not guess. Please report <laughs> back next week with facts about your dad. <laughs> Every week we start sharing a fun fact about my dad. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Facts About Brandy's Dad. <laughs>
0: As far as rape stories go, that was an uplifting rape story, Kristen. Thank oh,
1: could we put that on a T-shirt? No. I mean, my God, uplifting rape story. It had a great, like, it changed You're right. the You're law. Right. Well,
0: slowly. It started a movement
1: that changed the yeah, law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is amazing what she did. And the pictures of her from this time. She's just this young. I mean, she's like 17. 17. I mean, she's so young going through this horrible ordeal. I, ooh, Yeah. Mm mm mm. Mm. That's a rough one. Ready? Now I blame you entirely. What but your intro was very intriguing. And I know you've told me that this is gonna be terrible, it but is. it sounds like it's gonna be hilarious. It sounds like it's gonna be like okay, you know one of my favorite ones you've ever done? Huh? That court hearing where the guy kept telling the judge to suck his suck dick. Suck his dick, yeah. It's not funny like that. Oh, but Okay.
0: This guy is an idiot and it ultimately like it comes back to bite him in the ass huge. So
1: In his huge ass and his huge ass okay
0: yeah <laughs> Well, now i'm jealous <laughs> okay shout outs to rachel on patreon she sent in this case suggestion and she was like i remember yeah this yeah. totally a brady case but this guy's an idiot and i looked it up like while we were sitting here mm-hmm. after recording and i was like oh god this is bad it's really really bad but i think i have to do it <laughs> <laughs> and then second um to this person suzuki Nathy. i don't actually know this person okay um but I guess I don't know Suzuki's gender either. I almost said she. Yeah, I was just an assumption. Yeah, I don't um, know. I'm not sure. But Suzuki runs this blog called Suzuki's Thoughts. And on it was a really great piece about this case, which I didn't really use for a source because I don't like to use a blog. Yeah. It led me in the direction of being able to look up a lot of additional information. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Yes. All right. Thank you, Suzuki's Thoughts. Yes. Okay. It was January 29th, 1999. And Stacey Reed had gotten home early from school. Stacy was an excellent student. She was like 16 years old. She was in like the ROTC at her school.
1: Um, what year did you say? 1999. Wasn't that the year your dad shut up? <laughs> I just feel like that was a big year for it big, your dad. It was a big year for my dad. <laughs> <laughs> he was stocking up because of that Y2K bug. That's right. <laughs> so on this particular day, there'd
0: been like, testing or something at school. So Stacy mm-hmm. got out early and she got home around noon. We're in a small town in Virginia near Manassas, which I'm not familiar with. Are you? They live in the in the town of Yorkshire, which is just outside of Manassas, which I'm thinking is not very far from Washington, D.C.
1: OK, you know what I'm going to do? You're going to Google it. Get on my Google machine. <laughs> hmm. hmm. Uh, yeah, I would not classify that as very close to Washington, D.C. Well, the reason... It's not okay, super far. The reason but, I
0: thought that is because the perpetrator in this case is arrested in Washington, D.C., and they didn't make it seem like it was this big manhunt. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, you know...
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, they're in uh, Yorkshire, which is near Manassas. Kay. So she's home early from school. She fixes herself some lunch, and... She's, like, talking on the phone to her boyfriend, and this guy shows up at her house. He's a 20-year-old guy. He lives in the neighborhood. His name is Paul Powell. Differing accounts on how well Stacy and Paul knew each other. One source says that they had been, like, friends since childhood. Another said that they were, like, acquaintances because they lived in the same neighborhood, but had only been, like, friendly for a Mm -hmm. short amount of time. Okay. Doesn't really matter. He shows up at the house to try and hang out with her. And he's like really irritated because again, remember, she's 16, he's 20. He's Ew. super into her. Ew. And she has a boyfriend. And our buddy Paul here is a self proclaimed uh oh neo Nazi. Oh. And Stacy's boyfriend is black. Oh, okay. And so he's got just lots of lots of opinions yeah. about that. So He comes in the house. I assume she lets him in the house. Right. He gets her to get off the phone with her boyfriend. And then he's like, you need to break up with him. Like, you need to be with me instead of him. Like, you shouldn't be with this black guy, whatever. And Stacey's totally, like, brushing him off. Like, stop it. I don't want to hear any of that nonsense. Like, we're Mm -hmm. going to the ROTC ball together. You know, whatever. This, like, enrages Paul that she's just brushing him off and not listening well teenagers anything.
1: can be so childish okay he's 20 and she's 16. that's what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> when you're 20 uh, yeah it can be irritating, irritating to try to date a teenager which is why you don't do it so he's super irritated now and so now he like makes an
0: advance on stacy of some form <laughs> i believe he like puts his hand down her shirt oh Stacy knows that Paul usually carries a weapon on him, a knife of some kind, whatever. And so she kind of like takes the situation more seriously at this point, pushes off his advances, tells him to leave. And he somehow gets her to go upstairs to her bedroom. They get up to her bedroom and he makes a move towards her, pushes her on the bed, something like that. Yeah. To where she's like, oh my gosh, he's going to rape me. Yes. She fights him off. Yeah. She gets up and he pushes her to the ground at this point and he's got her pants down oh. now and the phone rings and it like interrupts the situation. It allows Stacy to get some space between like he stops in the moment when the phone rings. It's, Are like, you serious? Enough to take him off, like catch him off guard. And so she manages to like get her pants up and kind of scurry away from him. And she gets up and she's like, I have to get the phone. Mm-hmm. And at this point their altercation turns violent more violent than it had mm-hmm. been to this mm-hmm. point. And he pulls out this knife that he has on him and he stabs her Oh! in the chest. She like stumbles down the hall. She ends up in her sister's bedroom where he either stabs her again or the knife was maybe still in her. Oh. A medical examiner would later determine that there was one entry wound from the knife, but two exit wounds meaning at some point it was either twisted and pushed back in Uh or it had been like pulled out part of the way and then gone back in. Yeah. And this was like directly to her heart, this stab wound was. So she collapses on her sister's bedroom floor and Paul leaves her to die. As she's like bleeding out, he steps on her throat to make sure that she dies more quickly or more violently, whatever you want to
1: believe. Yeah.
0: Maybe a little bit of both. He's a terrible person.
1: Yeah, I picked up on that. Yes. I'm very smart. But
0: Paul doesn't leave the house. He goes downstairs, smokes himself a cigarette, helps himself to some iced tea in the family's refrigerator. What? Hangs out for a while because he knows that Stacy's younger sister, Christy, will be home from school around three o'clock.
1: So he's going to attack her too. Yep. And so, Ugh.
0: yep. Right around three o'clock, Stacy's. Fourteen-year-old sister Christy shows up at the house, and she finds Paul. Like Paul opens the door for her, mm-hmm. and she again is familiar enough with him that she's like, "Oh, Stacy must have invited him over." Like, yeah,
1: like she's not thrilled at this. She's weirdo's not here, thrilled. But it's a
0: weirdo. She knows exactly, and again, she knows that this guy is some kind of dangerous. She knows that he often has a weapon on him, right? And so immediately she's like, uh, "Where's Stacy?" Mm-hmm. he's like oh she's upstairs Christy's like okay and so she leaves Paul goes upstairs and goes to Stacy's bedroom right doesn't as you would doesn't see her and so she's like calling and she's like where is she and she's calling out Stacy's name she goes to her bedroom oh. and she sees Stacy dead on her bedroom floor oh my god she screams she drops everything in her hands she goes to turn around and Paul is right behind her and he's got a knife out. At- Of course. And he directs her to the basement. And so she does what he says. Like, obviously, he's already murdered her sister. Mm -hmm. He's like, what's going to keep him from killing her, too? The only hope she feels like she has is just to do everything he says. And so she goes to the basement with him. He tells her to take off her clothes. She gets undressed, and he rapes her. Ugh. And he does this at knife point. He's threatening to kill her the entire time. After he rapes Christy, there's a knock at the front door. And Christy had invited a friend of hers over, this male friend of hers over, to hang out after school. And so Paul very quickly, like, pulls his clothes on. He pulls the shoelaces out of Christy's shoes and out of his shoes and ties her Basically ties her ankles, ties her hands, and then he goes upstairs to figure out who's at the door. He stands at the door. He sees that there's somebody out there and he just, he has the knife out. He's ready if this person Mm -hmm. tries to make, to try to come into the house.
1: You almost I almost did. What did he do though? Like try to get into the house? What do you mean? Make entry, Kristen. Make entry into the home? Into the home. That's right.
0: And so he's just standing there behind this door with a knife while christie's in the basement while he's upstairs christie tries to untie herself mm-hmm. she like loosens the ties a little bit enough that she's able to kind of like scoot across the floor yeah she goes to try and hide like under the basement stairs only she hears him coming back and so she decides that it will be safer for her because she hasn't made it all the way there yeah,
1: yet yeah. to just
0: return to where she was right look like she's being compliant exactly. Yeah. exactly so she returns to the position she was in by the time he gets back down there she's where he left her and the person left from the front door it was Christy's friend he left without you know doing anything other than knocking on the door sure Paul Powell would later say he was ready to kill whoever was on like, sure, the other side of that of door. Like, he uh, was. If that person had tried to come in, he would have not thought twice about killing them.
1: But you wouldn't try to come in. I mean you've made exactly. an arrangement to yeah. go to somebody's house, they don't answer the door. What are you gonna exactly. do?
0: Exactly. So Paul goes back downstairs, Christy is laying there naked where he left her, and he grabs the shoelaces that he had tied her with and he strangles her until she loses consciousness. Ugh. At this point, he decides he needs to make a decision. She can absolutely ID him. So, does he leave her here or does he kill her because she knows what he did to her sister? Yeah. And so, when she's laying there unconscious, he stabs her in the torso, like in the stomach multiple mm-hmm. times. He slashes her throat multiple times and slits her wrists. Oh. Then he goes back upstairs, has another glass of iced tea. What the fuck? Which he takes with him from the home, and then he leaves. Like, he took the jug of tea? He took the glass with him. Okay. He took a glass out of their kitchen, Mm -hmm. filled it with tea, and took it with him.
1: Oh, good. Um, Okay. Yeah.
0: A short time after he had left, somewhere around four o'clock... Christy and Stacy's mother's boyfriend or fiance, I think they were engaged, mm-hmm. but they weren't mm-hmm. married yet. A lot of the articles call him a stepfather, which all is what I'll call him. Okay. Um, his name's Robert. So their stepfather comes home. He calls out for the girls. He notes that they'll be there. Right. And gets no answer. And so, at some point during this, Christy has regained consciousness. Oh my god! And she's laying in the basement. Oh like horribly injured. Of course. And she tries to call out for him when she hears him. Yeah. Her voice will make no noise because of her throat being slit. Yeah. So.
1: Oh, my God. The stepfather
0: goes upstairs, finds Stacey on the floor, Mm -hmm. sees that she's dead. He starts like going through the house looking for a phone. He can't find a phone anywhere. Because, of course, like when you're in a panic like that.
1: Yeah. And, so it's and this then, is before cell phones. Exactly.
0: So then he's in a panic. He needs to call 911. And he goes to the basement. And he hears like a thumping like as mm-hmm. he goes to the basement. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, there's a phone in the basement. There's a phone in the basement. Goes to the basement to call 911. And then he, that's where he finds Christy wow. lying on the floor. There's wow. blood everywhere. He calls 911. And they get her emergency
1: services.
0: Ugh. And she survives. That's incredible. One of the wounds in her stomach came within a centimeter of hitting her aorta. Mm. The slashes in her throat came within less than a centimeter of severing her carotid artery. Oh, God, I'm about to pass out. Yeah, this is crazy. Her throat wounds took over 60 sutures to... How did she not bleed out? No kidding. So she survives... And before she goes into surgery or anything, before they save her life, when she's bleeding and on an ambulance gurney, Mm -hmm. she is like, Paul Powell did this to me. Yeah. She manages to get out like enough. Yeah. She has hardly any voice through all of these injuries. Yes. And she gets out enough that she's able to tell the authorities that. Yeah. And so they track him down. He's like in Washington, D.C. somewhere at some Mm -hmm. guy's house buying drugs. Oh, good. When they find him. Sure. Sure. And they take him into custody. And it's like the following morning by the time that they arrest him. And he pretty much owns up to the whole thing. He's like, yeah, I did it. Okay. Yeah, Stacy died because she was stupid. Oh. She was fighting me and she got stuck with my knife. Oh. (laughs) That's what he says.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's how that happens. And
0: then because of that, he tried to kill Christy because she could ID him. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Paul Powell was charged with capital murder. Capital murder in the state of Virginia means that a, a murder occurred in the commission of another crime, specifically rape in this case. Mm-hmm. So he attempted to rape Stacy and murdered her during that same encounter. Right. And then he was also charged with attempted murder and rape of Christy. Mm-hmm. And they announced very quickly that they would be seeking the death penalty in this case. First degree murder does not carry the ability... To impose the death penalty, Mm -hmm. capital murder does. These are the specific laws in Virginia. As I mentioned in the very beginning, Paul's a fucking idiot and he's a terrible person. And while he's awaiting trial. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's hear more before we decide (laughs) that. (laughs) While he's awaiting trial, he is bragging to everybody that he raped a virgin. Ew. He's sending taunting letters to Lorraine, who is... You are kidding the mother me. of Stacy and Christy.
1: Why am I surprised by that? I mean, if you're going to be the type oh, of person yeah. to rape and murder people, yeah. then I guess, yeah, why not send letters? But- yeah. So he sends this letter <sighs> that includes like a picture of a partially
0: nude woman that bears a striking resemblance to her daughter, Stacy. Oh. And he like writes this whole thing about how, hey, this girl in this magazine sure looks kind of familiar to me. Do you have any idea who she could look like? Like.
1: What the fuck was? Oh,
0: terrible. Maybe you could show it to Christy and see if Christy might recognize her. Oh God. Oh. Ugh. Yeah. Finally, in two thousand, Paul Powell went on trial for the murder of Stacy and the attempted murder and rape of Christy. And Christy, who was fourteen when this happened, fifteen when it went to trial, maybe. Mm-hmm took the stand and testified about everything that she had been through. Her scars were, like, just clearly, like, very clearly yeah. visible. She's horribly scarred yeah. on her throat from this. And she talked about everything that he had done to her, all that she had been through that day. Mm. And the prosecution had amazing evidence against Powell. Well, yeah. I mean, They had a bloody knife that was found on him. Like the knife that he had used was found on his person when they arrested him. They did a rape kit on Christy and his DNA matched the DNA that was found inside of her. Yeah. And he bragged about it to everyone. Yeah. He'd sent letters. Yes. He took a souvenir cup from the home. Yes. Come on. So on May 5th of 2000, a jury found Paul Powell guilty of capital murder and then came the penalty phase Mm -hmm. and during the the
1: defense
0: you know I don't really know I I don't really know I didn't come across like what the defense's big argument was I think there was something about him being unmedicated and having an anger disorder or something like that Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that's really all you can argue right yeah how what can you argue evil twin thank you for asking (laughs) (laughs) and so the penalty phase came. So during a death penalty penalty phase, I know I said penalty twice, but... Penalty sentencing? No, it's like the... So it's actually where they're arguing for why this person should get oh, the death right, penalty. Oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the prosecution puts up all of the aggravating factors. Mm-hmm. And then the defense gets to put up the mitigating factors. Right. Why shouldn't those things count against him? Okay. He refused to allow them to put up any mitigating factors. Wow. Yeah. He didn't want them making any case for him. Like he sat through this whole trial and like smirked the whole time. He made like nasty comments the whole time. Like he was terrible throughout the entire thing. Obviously the aggravating factors were that he had attempted to rape Stacy first and then murdered her, which means that qualifies as a capital murder, which the prosecution felt the death penalty was the proper sentence. Mm -hmm. So three months after the trial is when the penalty phase concluded and the jury came back recommending a sentence of death. Mm-hmm. They recommended the death sentence. So they've recommended that. And so then it moves to the actual sentencing phase where the judge imposes the sentence. Right. So that happened in September of 2000. And something fucking crazy happened at the sentencing phase.
1: Your dad got a new car? My dad? Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> September 2000. Big time for my dad. <laughs> The jury foreman in the trial spoke on behalf of the defense what? at the sentencing hearing. She said that she'd fallen in love, with <laughs> Paul Powell. No. Yep, they'd been exchanging letters since the conclusion of well, the trial. That's what the trial concluded. Oh, this, gross! The jury phase is done. The trial has concluded. So there's no jury misconduct. Oh my god. And the jury has already recommended the death penalty, but she she spoke on behalf of the defense and said she was in love with Paul Powell, and she'd made a mistake imposing the death penalty by recommending the death penalty, that she didn't know that life in prison was a choice. She didn't understand the jury instructions all the way. And please, judge, please reconsider what we recommended.
1: Well... I do agree that she's dumber than a doorknob. I mean, didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I. Huh. Yeah. yeah.
0: Isn't that nuts? Huh. Okay. So the judge
1: was not persuaded by this at all. Really? No. Because I am so persuaded. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. This 20 year old neo Nazi murderer sounds pretty right. great.
0: <laughs> Christy got up and smoked and did like a victim impact statement. Right. She said, that her whole life had been anti-death penalty. She didn't understand how people could do that until she went through what she had gone through, and mm-hmm. to her, it was the only punishment that fit the crime. Okay. Yeah. And I think being the victim in this case, I think she one hundred percent gets to have that opinion. Anybody gets to have any opinion. Yeah.
1: That dumb foreman gets to have her. Dumb oh yeah. Opinion. <laughs>
0: yeah. So in September of two thousand, a judge sentenced Paul Powell to die by lethal injection, or he could choose the electric chair if he wanted. Yikes. Boy. So that ends the trial. And then in all, you know, in all death penalty cases, really in any case, the the next phase is the appeals. And so automatically an appeal is filed in this case for Paul Powell. And that appeal went all the way to the Virginia Supreme Court. Court. And the appeal said that the prosecution had failed to prove an aggravating factor in this case. So it didn't count as capital murder. They could not prove that Paul had attempted to rape Stacy. And the fact that he raped Christy is not enough because that's a separate crime. Is it really? I mean, is it really? It is really. And his death sentence was overturned. He still had a life sentence. Right. Right. But his conviction for capital murder was overturned and his death sentence was overturned. Mm -hmm. And Paul was on fucking cloud nine. He's like, I beat the fucking death penalty. Try and come at me.
1: I can beat anyone. What about those letters that he sent to their mom, though, saying, doesn't this look like... Your daughter, blah mm-hmm. blah. Show it to Christy, see if it reminds her. Yeah, right. I mean it shows he's a shithead. Doesn't it show though that he is talking about carrying out a sexual crime against the Yeah, and the he talked daughter? about carrying out a sexual crime
0: to inmates. He talked about that. He admitted the whole time, but the prosecution could not prove it beyond something he bragged about. There was no physical evidence because he was not able to rape Stacy because they got interrupted They could not prove that he had actually made an attempt to rape her. So he's up there tap dancing on a cloud. He's so fucking happy because he beat the death penalty. So we know he's a huge shithead and I've told you he's a giant idiot. Hmm? And so he sits down one day and writes a little letter to the prosecutor in the case. Oh my God. Is it Nanana Boo Boo? In October of 2001, the prosecutor received this letter. And I'm going to read you snippets. Parts of it are really bad, so I won't. Okay. But it's. Anyway, let's go. Okay. Mr. Ebert. Since I have already been indicted on first degree murder in the Virginia Supreme Court said I can't be charged with capital murder again, I figured I'd tell you the rest of what happened on January 29th, 1999, to show you how stupid all y'all motherfuckers are. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Y'all should have known there was more to the story than what I told by what I said. You had it in writing that I planned to kill the whole family. Since I planned to kill the whole family, why would I have fought with Stacy before killing her? She had no idea I was planning to kill everybody and talked and carried on like usual. So I could have stabbed her up at any time because she was unsuspecting. I had other plans for her before she died. He goes on to talk about what his plans are. And he says, mm-hmm. we talked. And when she said everything about not breaking up with her boyfriend, I reached over and I touched her tit and asked her if she wanted to fuck. She said no because she had a boyfriend. And I started arguing with her because she'd never turned anybody down because of having a boyfriend. Okay. We started walking upstairs. We were arguing the whole time. And that's when he talks about how he pushed her down. He tried to rape her. And then she said, no, they got up. The fight got more physical. And that's when he stabbed her. He goes into a ton of detail Mm -hmm. about this in this letter about how she like staggered out of the room, into her sister's room, whatever. So he confesses to everything mm-hmm. in this letter. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say to the prosecutor, I'd like to thank you for saving my life. I know you're probably wondering how you saved my life, so I'll tell you. You saved my life by fucking up. There were two main fuck-ups you made that saved me. The first was the way you worded my capital murder indictment. The second was the comment you made in your closing argument when you said, we won't know because he won't tell us. (laughs) So one more time. Thank you. Now, you know, everything that happened on January 29th, 1999, I guess I forgot to mention these things when I was being questioned. Psych. Wow. I knew what y'all would be able to prove in court. So I told you what you already knew. Stacy was dead and no one else was in the house, so I knew you'd never know everything she went through unless she came back to life. Since the Supreme Court said I can't be charged with capital murder again, I can tell you what I told you because I no longer have to worry about the death penalty. And y'all are supposed to be so goddamn smart. I can't believe y'all thought I told you everything. No one thought that, you dipshit. Yeah. So then he says... Nothing you can do about it now, so fuck you, you fat, (laughs) cock-sucking, cum-guzzling gutter slut. Ew, yuck. I guess I'll see your bitch ass on December 18th at my retrial, because I'm not pleading to shit. Tell the family to be ready to testify and relive it all again, because if I have to suffer for the next 50 or 60 years or however long, they can suffer the torment of reliving what happened for a couple of days. Hold on. Did he retrial? Yeah. So because his conviction was overturned, they'd announced that they would charge him. <laughs> they would try him again. But he here's oh the problem. Oh, my God. <laughs> here's the problem, <laughs> Kristen. <gasps> Because this guy's a fucking idiot. Uh-huh. He doesn't know how double jeopardy laws work. Yep. yep. Because his conviction was overturned. Yeah. And yeah. he wasn't acquitted. It's wiped clean It's now. wiped. And it can 100% try him again. They can they just, absolutely charge him. He just handed them the case. He absolutely did. <laughs> oh. Oh, God bless. Oh. This entire letter could be and was... Used at his retrial.
1: Oh, did that come guzzling slut use it against him? My God. <laughs>
0: sure did.
1: <laughs> sure did. What a fucking idiot. Yeah, that's amazing. Nothing I love more than an arrogant idiot. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. Yes. So... Yes, he completely thought that double
0: jeopardy laws Mm -hmm. protected him Mm -hmm. from being charged again with capital murder. Not the case Mm -hmm. when your charges have been overturned. Yeah. They can charge you with the exact same thing again. Yep. What a fucking idiot. So he was tried again. They used this letter in its entirety against him. Paul's demeanor was completely different at this trial. Was he a little bummed? He sat there completely, like, just down. He had his Mm. head down the entire time. Mm -mm -mm. So sad. Yeah. And once again, he was found guilty and sentenced to death. As I mentioned, Paul was then given the choice of if he wanted to die by lethal injection or electric chair. Uh Uh-huh. And when the time came, um, he chose electric chair. And in May, I'm sorry, in March of 2010, he was put to death at the Greensville Correctional Facility. All right. So prior to his execution, he spoke to Stacy's mother, Lorraine and Christy on the phone and apologized for what he had done and what he'd put hmm. them through. Mm-hmm. And then they attended his execution. Mm-hmm. Lorraine said later, justice was served and this chapter has closed. Wow. And that's the story of the biggest fucking idiot
1: I've ever heard of. <laughs> that guy is dumb.
0: Yeah. Was dumb.
1: Was dumb. <laughs> I mean, you... I'm sorry, the moment when I realized you got to preach out. oh oh paul yeah oh
0: i feel terrible for obviously for christy christy has terrible ptsd from what she went through obviously but she said she did get a lot of closure from getting to attend his execution it gave her the closure and like just like a lot of clarity to know like he's gone for real he can never do this to me again yeah yeah
1: so yeah, thank you Well, to, there's uh, got to be something so satisfying about having everything just written out in some stupid, arrogant letter. Yeah. And have that be the nail in his coffin. Exactly. That's got... I mean, yeah. That's got to feel pretty good. Yes.
0: Yeah. So thank you to Rachel on Patreon for that case. I had never heard of it. Yeah.
1: All right. I'd never heard of that either. That was nuts. Nuts.
0: Whew. <sighs> I think we better do some questions because... This was a pretty heavy episode. Let's lighten it
1: up. Okay, you tell them all about these questions, and I'll find
0: some. So um, if you're wondering where we get our questions from, they come from our Discord. To get in our Discord, all you have to do is sign up for our Patreon at the $5 level or higher. You get into the Discord. It's a good time. It's like a 90s chat room. And when we record our episodes, we send out a little message and ask for questions.
1: Mm -hmm -hmm. Ooh, a bake girl. Excellent. Since your Discord mishap, I've been meaning to ask, what is Brandy's most embarrassing moment? Oh, gosh. So I have like a childhood one, but it's not... I, mean, I it's, know it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's all that comes to mind. I'm sure I've had one worse as an adult, but I, I've blocked it out, obviously. No. So my childhood one is when I was in kindergarten. It was like cowboy day at school and I wore a jean skirt and my white cowboy boots and tights. And like halfway through the day, my tights had started to like slip down. And so I pulled up my skirt in the middle of class and pulled my tights up
1: and everybody saw my underwear. Okay, that's not the one I was thinking of. What were you thinking of? I thought when you were a kid, you snorted. No. Yeah, you snorted. What's a snart? It's a sneeze and a fart at the same time. Oh, I don't have any recollection of that. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> This one sticks in my mind so much because the teacher
0: was recording that class because it was like Kansas Day. Uh huh, yeah. And so there's like, that's why we had the cowboy thing. And so the next, like, a week later, we watched like the video of us doing our Kansas Day stuff. And there was my underwear again on the video. That's pretty cute. <laughs>
1: our little Brandy <laughs>
0: showing her undies. I am to the sure hungry. that I've had a moment more embarrassing than that as an adult, but nothing comes to mind.
1: What about that time last week when you snorted? I definitely
0: did not do that. <laughs>
1: Did I ever tell you one time I was pretty sure I witnessed someone snort? No. Oh, it was My what? dog snorted today. Really? <laughs> yes. Ooh. Lily Ellen 92 wants to know, how are y'all holding up with all the craziness in the world right now? How are you doing, Brady
0: I'm doing okay. It's definitely making me anxious. Like, I mean, to be pregnant during this time, too. Yeah. And, like, they made this big announcement that now if you're pregnant, that puts you in a high-risk group, which makes me anxious. But... You know just taking the precautions
1: and doing what they tell us to do yeah I'm dealing with a lot of feelings yeah a lot of feelings so many feelings <laughs> I think it's just like I mean I've never obviously this goes for everybody but like I've never experienced anything like this this no. feels like a sci-fi movie no and to be out and about and like not see yeah that many cars on the road it's just kind of weird and like Also, this week has been really gray and drizzly in Kansas City. So it just feels really upsetting, too. Yeah. And then I deal with, like, anger. Like, yeah, I don't know. Every now and then you see footage of, like, bars where there's, like, tons of people Mm -hmm. who are still getting together. And it just makes me so angry. Yeah.
0: I had a moment. A couple of days ago where I just like it was a very selfish moment. And then I, I was like yeah. talking with my mom and my sister and I was like, I waited so long to get pregnant and I feel like. You know, some of my joy about it is being stolen by all of this. Like now I'm worried about things that you typically wouldn't have to worry about mm. and and stuff like that. And then like there's a chance that like we won't be able to have my baby shower and stuff yeah. like that. And so it's just like a very selfish moment. And then I was like, hold on. Like we still have it so good. Like I need to focus on, you know, all of the great things still and and all of that. But I did have like
1: a moment where I was. I think we're all allowed that. Yeah. I think we're all allowed to, you know. Yeah. Be upset about, yes. you know, canceled events that yeah. we were looking forward to. And like, and I think you can be upset about that. And it doesn't, you know, we, you still feel even, even more sorry for people who like of waiters course. and waitresses Absolutely. who like have no income right now. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah. It just sucks. It does. It sucks. But I've been watching a lot of Veep lately because yeah. I think that show is so hilarious. I've been trying to just, and I, I'm reading a David Sedaris book yeah. right now that is just a really good escape. I. Yeah. You know, there's only so much news. Absolutely. I, and I, I can do the thing where I read too much of the news. Oh, same. And so got to.
0: Got to decompress from all of that. My yeah. escape is Shits Creek. I'm rewatching it for the who
1: knows how many times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh, Corey S. wants to know, favorite quarantine snacks? Ooh. Question mark. Ooh. Oh. Chips and salsa is like my go-to snack. Mm-hmm.
0: Or, um, David just went to the store and he was like, what do we need? And I was like, need (laughs) (laughs) Cheez-Its.
1: We absolutely need (laughs) Cheez-Its. Yeah. So for us right now, so Norman started counting calories. Uh And so I'm kind of doing the same thing in solidarity. Yeah. And man, I knew I was a stress eater. But you don't know how much of a stress eater Uh you are until you are counting calories (laughs) in the global pandemic. I mean, it has been rough. Yes. But I I did find some snacks that I've been, you know, responsibly snacking on. Very good. I love veggie straws. Oh, yeah. They're pretty good. Oh, see, I really do enjoy them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I want to bake. I haven't baked anything yet, but I'm getting a really strong,
1: like, urge to bake, so. Baking always really relaxes Mm -hmm. me, because no matter what's going on in the world, you know, like, I add one cup of this, one teaspoon of this, blah, 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 mix it all together, and poof, we've got something perfect. Yeah. Unless you forget one ingredient, which I've been known to do. (laughs) Carrie Ann O. asks... How do you survive quarantine with your spouse slash significant other without winding up as one of your cases? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys are so used to it. You guys are always. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we really live like we're quarantined. But I thought I saw something that like in China, after people came out of quarantine, there were like 88 divorces or something. I mean, obviously, who knows what sample size that is. But I kind of like that. Yeah. So far,
0: David and I are both still working. So we're only Mm -hmm. quarantined in the evenings because there's nothing to do
1: so so far so good just give it time yes if you ever stop responding to texts i'll know something did you see
0: the thing that was like um if i die during this quarantine with my wife just know that it wasn't the virus that killed me
1: (laughs) no (laughs) Ooh, becky wants to know favorite thing to do to relax Ooh. Mm. i play games like i play
0: games on my phone david just showed me one that was so fun i did it last night it's like a coloring one where you just like it's called microsoft paint no it is not it's like a it's kind of like a paint by number thing on your phone but it's so relaxing you just mindless like kind of like touching spots (laughs) (laughs) and then they turn a color bubble bath yeah you are a bubble bath
1: person oh yeah i'm not a bath person many people aren't many people don't have the nuts i do not have just stew in their own juices like i do is not for me. Yeah, bath, Kindle. It's a dangerous game, but I play it many yeah. nights a week.
0: There was like a 30-second period where I was like reading about different birthing methods. And I was like, ooh, bath. Like, that's kind of cool. Because like it's no. supposed to be like, you know, less traumatizing yeah. for the baby because they yeah. enter into water and whatever. And then I saw a photo of what that water looks like.
1: And would I you like, think it looked Fuck like? Fuck
0: that! There's stuff, there's chunks floating
1: in it, Kristen! Of course there is! Oh, it looks like there's been a shark attack! <laughs> I was like, absolutely not! I mean, I got to say, never given birth, never been pregnant. But man, if it were to happen, I would be at the hospital oh, so yeah. fast. Oh, yeah. Epidural. Give me 12 epidurals. Same. You know, Same. Numb <laughs> me up head to toe. There
0: was just like a, a 30 second period where I was like, oh, what kind of oh, alternative birth happen. methods there are? Oh, so
1: I sit in a kiddie pool in the living room. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, no, that sounds terrible. Terrible. <laughs> no judgment to anybody who does no, it. But... More power to you if that's your thing. It's not mine. <laughs> more wet wipes to you. Yeah. <laughs> Alexandra asks, this is a question for you. Oh. What do you think about natural hair care methods? Drying your hair with henna, homemade hair masks, using different herbs and oils in the hair care routine.
0: Love the idea of like herbs and oils and all that. I think that's great. Henna is, while it isn't a natural dye, it is impossible to get out of your hair. So once you start that, like you can't undo it. And so you got to really be committed to henna dyeing if that's your thing. I've never worked with henna dye myself. I hear it smells terrible.
1: Mm. Um,
0: but that is the thing. Is like if you do the henna dye and then you want to go back to even like highlighting or anything, it's like impossible to get out of the hair. So, so you just have to one. grow it out? Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. that's my
0: one caveat there is like, great. Yes. Love the all natural stuff. Mm-hmm. You really got to be committed if you're going to do the henna dye.
1: How do you feel about, like, just a tub of mayo in oh, the hair? Oh. Did you, okay, do
0: you watch yeah. 90 Day
1: Fiancé, or is that too cringy for you?
0: I, I have seen it. It's not my favorite,
1: but. Oh, my God. I, oh, there's a scene where this guy's, like, you know, doing some beauty, uh-huh. beauty stuff. He's drinking a glass of wine and has a tub of mayo. He's in the bathroom slicking up his hair. Oh, my God. And I'm watching this thinking, my God, dude. I know it's a little more expensive to just go to the store and get a hair mask. Yeah, but like, those I was gonna say, sm- what's that gonna accomplish? That's supposed to do like a shine thing. Well, you I mean, I'm sure it's very moisturizing. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it does some good things. But yeah. like, at what cost? Yeah. I ask you. Ooh, I at what? Cost? You know how I feel about mayonnaise. So <laughs> I just didn't know if you'd be more okay with it. <laughs> nope. I don't of want it body. anywhere. <laughs> um. Jenny asks. What do you admire in each other that bonds your friendship? Oh jack shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Um I've just always thought you're just a great person. Thank and you're you. really fun to be around. Thank you. You're the kind of friend who you can just chill with, and it doesn't have to be yeah. some big thing. Like yeah, yeah. you know, we don't have to go to a concert together, which thank God we don't because we, we can't, can't right now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'd say um, you're super thoughtful and like you do mm. stuff with intention, and I think that's really amazing. Like you put thought into everything you do, and like there's a motive behind it, like to better a situation or whatever. Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> I wish I could hug you. I know we can't, but we have we coronavirus. Can't. <laughs> that was a virtual hug that for was. those of you who couldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Norman asks. Oh gosh. <laughs> If I die from my injury, I leave 50% of the podcast to both of you. Oh, that's nice no. of him. What will you guys do with this new power? <laughs> okay. Okay. Brandy, I can't even talk. You talk. Okay. Poor Norman is having um, an ailment right now. He's in a lot of pain. And so we're hoping he gets through it. He's having like maybe some muscle cramping in his leg or some nerve pain in his leg. Yeah. He's going to be fine. He's going to the doctor tomorrow morning. Yes. But he's, you know, 50% chance he dies. Yeah. According to him. <laughs> yeah.
0: What we'll do differently with the podcast is I mean, nothing. We already own the whole thing. <laughs> Despite what Norm will say. Although we do really rely on him so much. We, you know. He sets us up to record every week. He records our bonus videos for us. Yes. We, yes. That we
1: will definitely we would be so lost without him. And I do like him very much as a husband. Yes. (laughs) At this point, I consider him a very nice acquaintance. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Laurier 221 asks, when you start a new series, TV or podcast, do you start from episode one or most recent aired? Oh, it's different for me. Absolutely. Yeah. You're a psychopath if it's not different. (laughs) Right, I mean, you start TV shows from the beginning, yeah, and podcasts you start the most recent ones, yep. Unless it's a series, unless it's a series, yeah, yep. People who start us from the beginning,
0: come on, man, what are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, we
1: didn't even listen to those first ones. Um, Should we do more? Yeah, like one more. I figure, you know, people are quarantined; they're staying home, yeah. So we can tell them all kinds of boring shit about us. That's right. And what can
0: they do about it? (laughs) They can't get away.
1: Okay, here we go. The Not Okay Corral asks, (laughs) (laughs) What are you most upset over being closed during the quarantine? Mm. Restaurants. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, it's good they're close. It is. It's great. I mean, it's good.
0: I mean, it's definitely because that will keep, you know, a large group of people away from each other. I do. I feel terrible for the wait staff, though. That's how they make their money.
1: Yeah. And yeah, now I don't get to go out to eat. You know, it's a really nerdy one that I'm so sad about. The library? No, because I I do digital downloads. The last time I went to... I'm sure I told you about this. The last time I went to the library... There was this man, and obviously he was not well. Yeah. But he started screaming. And we're talking daytime in the library. Kids all around. Yeah. He started screaming about the time he was raped in the ass in Texas. No. That's what he said. I have no recollection he, of you telling me Oh, this. my God. And he was like, so he starts off screaming about the government. And I was like, preach. You know, <laughs> but then he, he goes off about like, and I was raped in the ass in Texas. and blah. And this poor, poor librarian. I mean, just a really meek little guy comes up and he's like, Trying to get this guy to just like, at first it was just lower his voice, yeah. and Then it was like you know. Then when the ass raping came, when the know, ass raping, then it's like time to go. Oh, it was a mess, and it honestly made me feel like you know what? They've got the digital downloads. They've got a really good <laughs> yeah. app. I'm like I think I'm just gonna do that. God bless librarians. Oh, let's see. No. Oh, okay. The thing that I'm really sad about. You know how last year I took my niece, Allie, to Disney on Ice and it was like I was like, oh, I'll just do this nice thing. But then it was like amazing. Okay, this year I had my eye on front row tickets to Disney on Ice. And I was like, but the thing was, I had kind of waited to the last minute. And I mean, I'm glad I did. Yeah. And then like this stuff about the coronavirus started coming out. And I remember I texted my sister and I was like, hey, do you even want me to take her to this thing? This is getting kind of scary. And Kyla didn't respond. And finally, I was just like, you know what? Executive auntie decision. We're not going. And then like the next day, everything was was canceled. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I'm glad, I'm glad everything is canceled, but I was sad because I'm apparently a big nerd and I love Disney on ice. I lied. I have two things that I'm more upset about than restaurants. Yes, sports.
0: Yeah. Right? yeah. March Madness was completely yes. canceled. And the likelihood is that the Olympics will be canceled. Yeah.
1: I'm sorry, Brandy. <sighs> Brandy, let me make it up to you. You're going to ribbon dance for me or something i'm gonna take an extra chair down to my basement you can sit watch me on the treadmill and when you want me to crank it up i'll crank it up into overdrive i'll make up a story be like my country hasn't won this race in 40 years i've been training for this my whole life
0: i guarantee you you will cry i was devastated when ku basketball was canceled yeah and then just like a couple days ago i was like it's happening my olympics are being
1: they're going to be canceled for sure are you going through the stages of grief i am yeah (laughs) there are some good things and like i do think it's it's nice to see so many people working to flatten the curve yeah absolutely it's like a lot of people i think get that you know i think in the beginning people were like well, it seems like it's only old people who are dying and I'm 35. Right. So, which yeah. is like, oh, that's sweet. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot, you bucket of sunshine. <laughs> um, but it doesn't seem like I'm hearing that from people yeah. anymore. Yeah. Thank goodness. <sighs> yeah. Um, can we end on a maybe a more upbeat I'm, note I'm sorry. than that, Kristen? I'm sorry. Yes. Old people aren't dying. Young people care that old people are dying now. Hey, that's an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> over oh, earlier in the week. Okay. Uh, let's see. Ooh, Blood Everywhere asks, what do you recommend binging during quarantine 2020? Oh, hell yeah. Wonderful. Okay. What do you got? I mean, I just love this question. Um, Okay. So like I said, I've been watching a ton of Veep lately, which is on Amazon Prime, and obviously it's on HBO. I've... Well, I guess I've already said a bunch of stuff. What's your What's your feel-good stuff?
0: Okay, my my go-to is Schitt's Creek. Mm-hmm. We also just binged The Good Place, which I had only ever seen the first season of. I'd never seen the rest of it. Yeah. <sighs> so good. And then it just ended. Like, the final episode yeah. was just recently. And so, watched that whole thing. Um, Lock and Key on Netflix was super
1: good. Uh-huh. I really want to watch the Outsider, but it's I hear it's super dark. It is. It is very good, though. I we're not finished with it, but yeah. I I'm enjoying it. It is. I think dark, we might though. start that tonight
0: because bowling has also been canceled. I'm sorry, Brian. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um No, it's it's tough because I like a lot of dark stuff. Yeah. So, like, um, one thing I don't know that a lot of people would consider this dark, but it made me cry multiple times. The Hillary Clinton documentary that's on uh-huh. Hulu right now is very very well uh-huh. done, but it did make me cry a lot. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it depends on what kind of quarantine mood you're in. Oh, uh, Grace and Frankie
0: on Netflix. Also, if you haven't watched that. Oh, really? I think that's kind of up and down. It's super lighthearted. It okay, is. It is.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. You're a fan of Grace and Frankie? I think it's very up and down. Huh. Hey. I'm, I'm sorry. You don't have to look at me like hey. that. I enjoyed it very much. You're not invested in the show, are you? I mean, no, I have no, no personal connection to it. <laughs> Um, I remember really liking the first season, and and now when new seasons come out, I'm kind of like, eh, mm-hmm. if I get to it, I get to it. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. That's, um, that's your prerogative. Also, you know what Bonnie I? Brown? You know what I've loved? Huh. Conan O'Brien's podcast. Not that he needs any more plugs, but his interview with Jim Gaffigan. They have a section in there where they're they are talking about how they both have experienced men wanting to be them and women wanting them and it's just like the funniest self-deprecating humor ever I love it so I mean big fan of Conan yeah
0: how come you're a fan of Conan
1: I love Conan I have loved Conan. I love Conan too but he
0: doesn't fit your
1: what doesn't fit what do you what are you I mean he's
0: I guess because he's self-deprecating that allows
1: him to be in your fan bubble Oh, my God. Brandy, what are you trying to say? Are you trying to say that he is an arrogant white man? Because he is not. He can be. Brandy. Brandy. <laughs> Present your evidence <laughs> to the court. I would agree he's
0: nowhere near as arrogant as the typical, my typical example of who I love. But I love Conan, too. But he is self-deprecating. You're right. So that would that would allow him he- to... <laughs>
1: He is extremely self-deprecating. Yes. And by the way. Wow. He is a thousand times smarter than all those other guys who are arrogant. Mm, Okay. He went to a little school. Don't know if you've heard of it. Just outside Boston. Um, Harvard. Harvard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's so much smarter than everyone in the room, but he's not a jackass. All right. I like him, too. Well, I'm I'm surprised you like him is all I'm saying. I don't see how you could be surprised because he is nothing like Dr. Phil or Dr. Drew or any of those D-bags you love. So call
0: of D-bags.
1: <laughs> love him. Okay, I guess we're wrapping it up here. <laughs> with me angrily defending a guy who needs no defense. No defense, yeah. Poor Conan O'Brien with his number one podcast. Exactly. He's doing just fine. Yeah. I'm sure he'll send me some chocolates for this, for this moment right here. <laughs> okay, Brandy, should we move on to Supreme Court inductions? Yeah, why don't you tell people how they get inducted? Well, here's the deal, folks. If you join our Patreon at the $7 level, you get bonus episodes, you get into the Discord, you get stickers. Well, one sticker. One sticker per, per customer. <laughs> don't you dare ask for two. <laughs> and you get inducted on this very podcast this week we are sticking with your name and your favorite movie wonderful cindy king shrek 2 becky tombstone alex feltis jurassic park gala m deadpool let me take
0: a drink and try and say the rest <laughs> of these names gala m i'm so sorry alex and gala your names came out terribly Jessica Georgi
1: She smoked a pack a day <laughs> Lincoln Lawyer Cameron Jones Not a movie person Hey Kristen <laughs> Beth Henkowski. Stepbrothers Benedict What? Cinema... Cinema Paradiso Really? Is that a thing? Yeah, okay Taylor A Walk to Remember Taylor Taylor
0: That is the saddest movie on the planet. Will you walk me home? That is the saddest movie on the planet, Taylor. I am worried about you. More sad than The Notebook? Yes, I think so. Uh, Another Nicholas Sparks, though. I know. He's a. Don't read Nicholas Sparks during (laughs) this. I mean, God. (laughs) Whatever you do. Taylor, I'm concerned about you. Uh, It is a good movie, but it's the saddest movie on the planet. Shanna Hart. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Shanna Hart. (laughs) (laughs) BB. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs>
1: BBC 2000 Persuasions. That's a, you left out a seven there. <laughs> Did I say I? Okay, BBC 2007 Persuasions. Man, we are on top of our game today. Poor, poor Shanna Hart. Danica. <laughs> the day after tomorrow. Heather Rondo. Wreck It Ralph. Alexandra Y. Pride and Prejudice. Judy Booty. <laughs> Full Metal Jacket. Welcome to the Supreme Court. My God, was that our roughest Supreme Court induction yet? I mean, you know what? (laughs) Does the coronavirus affect your brain? It does, I think. I
0: think we've been infiltrated. (laughs) Thank you guys for all of your support. We appreciate it so much. If you're looking for other ways to support us, please find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Patreon. (laughs) Um, Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and then head to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review
1: and then be sure to join us next week when we'll be experts on two whole new topics. Podcast adjourned. And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary. And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. For this episode, I got my info from an article in the Vintage News by E.L. Hamilton, Wikipedia, and newspapers.com. And I got my info from a website called (laughs) imsurroundedbyidiots.com, The Washington Times,
0: lifedaily.com, and The Court Record. For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com. Any errors are, of course, ours. But please don't take our word for it, go read their stuff.